turning plastic into a climate solution. That story and more on H2O Radio's weekly news report. I'm Jamie Sudler. I'm Franny Halperin, and it's This Week in Water. We have the tools, but there isn't the political will to use them. That's the main takeaway from the latest report from the UN Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change that details the steps needed to avoid the worst consequences of global warming. The Paris Agreement set a goal to limit warming at 1.5 degrees Celsius. And to get there, the panel says greenhouse gas emissions must peak within the next three years and then be reduced by more than 40 percent by 2030. But right now, we're on track to hit more than twice that, or 3.2 degrees by 2100, which would be devastating. Politicians and companies are not acting with the urgency needed, and some countries, like Saudi Arabia, argued against language calling for sharply reducing fossil fuel use. UN Secretary General Antonio Guterres said in a press conference that there have been a litany of broken promises with some government and business leaders saying one thing and doing another. Simply put, he said, they are lying. The report says we have the tools we need. The costs of solar and wind power are decreasing. Methane leaks from mines, oil and gas wells, and landfills can be plugged. Also, driving electric vehicles and eating less meat will lead to lower emissions. Speaking of solutions, a team of researchers at Rice University have found a way to take one of our most pressing environmental problems, plastic pollution, and have it address another issue, greenhouse gases in the atmosphere. They were able to make plastic waste capture carbon. They used a process called pyrolysis, which is a common way to chemically recycle plastic. But in their experiment, they ground the plastic into a powder and then added potassium acetate. When it was heated at high temperatures, it produced porous particles that were highly effective in trapping CO2 and could even be used over and over. The researchers say smokestacks at power plants could be fitted with the waste plastic material to remove carbon dioxide, and that a wax byproduct of the process could be recycled into detergents or lubricants. Additionally, they say certain plastics, such as polypropylene and polyethylene, that are hard to chemically recycle are well suited to their method. Current technologies to capture CO2 from natural gas flues are expensive, costing up to $160 per ton of carbon extracted, but the plastic waste material Material could cut that price by about 90%. The IPCC report says that carbon capture technologies might be necessary, but are no substitute for getting off fossil fuels. Cargo ships are illegally dumping oily and toxic wastewater into the oceans with potentially devastating effects on ecosystems. An investigation by the nonprofit group Lighthouse Reports showed that ship crews use different methods to bypass safeguards and avoid detection. Tens of thousands of cargo ships, some with huge engines, ply the oceans each day. Lubricants, cleaning solvents, and metals, including lead, mercury, and arsenic, collect in the bilge or bottom of the vessels and are stored in tanks. One ship can produce several tons of bilge water daily. Large vessels are required to remove pollutants from bilge water before releasing it into the ocean at limits set by the International Maritime Organization. 
What remains is stored for offloading in a port facility, but to avoid costs, some dump it on the high seas. By using satellites, the environmental group SkyTruth identified hundreds of potential releases across the world last year alone, but that number is likely significantly higher. They estimate that more than 50 million gallons of bilge water are released each year, about five times the amount of the Exxon Valdez spill in Alaska 33 years ago. Whistleblowers told the investigators that bilge water is dumped sometimes at night or during bad weather when there is a lower chance of getting caught. And finally, we've all been there. You reach into the freezer to grab a bowl of your favorite ice cream and ugh, it's full of ice crystals. How did that happen? All ice creams have ice crystals, but when they're freshly made, they're very small and not noticeable. But as its temperature fluctuates, either from shipping, storage, and even the trip home from the grocery store, the crystals can get larger and grouped together, resulting in the annoying crunch. Manufacturers typically add stabilizers like guar gum to slow crystal growth, but it doesn't stop it completely. So scientists at the University of Tennessee wanted to tackle this vexing problem. First, they looked to nature. Many creatures that live in extremely cold environments have a natural antifreeze, proteins that fight the growth of ice that would damage their tissues. But those proteins are difficult and expensive to harness. So the researchers decided to test cellulose from plants because they have properties similar to the protein antifreeze but are widely available from agricultural and forestry waste. The team found that cellulose was better at stopping the formation of crystals than current stabilizers and slowed how fast the ice cream melted. They say the plant material could potentially be used Used for other frozen foods, or even better, it could preserve organs being donated for medical transplants. That's it for this week in water. Support comes from GC Green, a veteran, woman, and Native American owned clean energy and resiliency solutions company. Learn more at gcgreen.com.